What gives you the right? Well, I am a ticking time bomb of fury. This can't be happening, man. This isn't happening. You could see it. Well, what if there is no tomorrow? So stop melting, ladies, because the boy is hotter than hot. I'm the best chance you've got. Hello and welcome to the second iteration, the second podcast or episode of the Deprogram Podcast. Um, I am here with my same co-host as always, Shannon. Hello. And our guest spot this evening is Wade Malone. Hello. Okay, he said he's not going to talk much, but we're going to try to pull him into the conversation. Uh, I'm, I've never not known him to talk a lot so we should be <laughs> he's very opinionated yeah we should be fine that by doesn't the time. Mean I talk a lot it's it just opinionated yes it doesn't mean you Big talk a, it doesn't mean you talk a whole lot but yes um so this is the second episode we actually recorded one episode that we're not going to post um because we came up well yet yeah, yeah we might we might post it some other time but we did get a lot of good feedback from the first podcast. I actually had several people texting me, several people DMing me, saying that they were enjoying it. The funny thing is, however, that not many people liked it on Facebook. So it's interesting. And Dexter's very upset about that. No, I, I'm just, I'm calling this the discrepancy, the Facebook discrepancy, because on my website, I could see that, what did I say the other day? What, the amount, the amount of views you had on your website? Yeah, it was something like... like 34. Well, no, but specifically from Facebook. Oh, okay. Like, so my website gives me analytics. And so evidently, 34 people clicked the link from Facebook to my website. But no, I don't think I got any likes. Nobody liked. On it. So it's interesting post. that I had 34 people... That were willing to click the link. Just because they went to your website does not mean that they well, like they, it. They might not have liked it. That That is true. They might have been like, well, let me inspect this. And then felt like it was uh, doo-doo. And then decided not to like it. So, uh, However, it was just an interesting discrepancy. I thought it was it was interesting. and um, But I do appreciate everybody who reached out and said that they were enjoying it. And hopefully they will in... Uh, in <laughs> I can say hopefully they will continue to enjoy it um anyway a uh, quick apology to last episode's guest mike um as uh, wade can attest i have one mic stand that's set up different than the other mic stands and it's because during that episode i realized that it's actually kind of a little broken so during the episode, it kept moving downwards. And so the whole time I was like, Mike, pull the mic up. Like, stop messing with the mic. I thought he was messing that with it. That happened to me the first time, too. Yeah, but in rea- reality. You kept blaming the people, and it was actually the mic. It thing. was actually the equipment. So that's my fault. I want to apologize to Mike. And uh, I appreciate how gracious he was through the entire uh, process of getting that re- recorded. And uh, Wade wouldn't know this because he didn't listen to the first episode, but in it, I talked about transitional attacks. And um, in the conversation, Mike asked how many people I had pulled out alive. And the answer is zero. I have never pulled out an alive person. But the very next day at work, we had a fire. 
Um, I was third truck in, so I wasn't involved in the interior operations, but they did pull a live patient out. So they actually executed like a perfect transitional attack. They uh, were thinking with their heads and working with their backs and got them out. So I just want to throw a quick uh, kudos and a slight update to last episodes. So um, the system is is working, everybody. It's not too broken. Another quick announcement. Um, so through this podcast, we uh, have decided to do a book club as well. And we're going to be hosting this book club through Reddit. And the first book that we're going to read is Fight Club. So the book isn't super thick. It's so a short book. I don't know if we'll do one episode, one like intense episode for the book club, or if we'll do uh, like a Fight Club Part 1, Fight Club Part 2. We'll see, but we'll do we'll do an episode to feature the book club book, um, and then we'll also uh, hopefully have some engagement on Reddit during that. Uh, another update: uh, this past weekend, I went on my first climbing trip in how long do you think, Shannon? Oh, uh, years. Years, and I uh, went to El Rito, and it was fun because I actually. Uh, was kind of a guide for everybody. I was setting up top ropes, and so I wasn't really pushing my limit so far as like trying hard or trying to push a grade, but it was a lot of work, and it was a lot of fun to see a lot of new people get out and experience outdoor climbing for the first time. I was happy to be the facilitator of that. Another update is uh, Shannon's final is coming up in her class. Final project. Oh, yeah. final project. Not a test, but So project. she's been pretty stressed out and working pretty hard yes. on that lately. So, um, And then, so next week we're heading down to the farm. And while we're down there, um, do you know Erin Holland, Wade? I know the name. Know the name. She used to go to our church and then she moved up to New York, was an art whatever curator she was a curator wasn't that that's what she was at the museum of modern art she was a big deal uh engaged uh pretty well and deep in that community and she's since is she going back for her master's or her doctorate i don't we'll have to ask her but she's getting some postgraduate work in and what oh yeah and, and I, now she's living down in abilene so while we're down at the farm we're going to dart over and do an episode with her so that will be the next episode that you'll have coming out. And she proposed doing an interview of us. So we'll see. It's kind of conceptual at the moment, but we'll see how it goes. It should be a good time. Anywho. Let's Can we jump, begin? Yes. Let's jump into, hey, that wasn't bad. That was six minutes. Keep everybody up to date, you know? Okay. Good. Get people up to date. We're so, updated. Where do the sponsors get plugged? We don't have sponsors, so Not if you'd like to sponsor us. Not yet. We don't have sponsors yet, but as soon as so anybody... Someday. better those podcasts that are like 15 minutes worth of yeah. sponsors. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. no sponsors. Cool. Um, so now we're right into the episode. So uh, thank y'all for not sponsoring us, I guess, is what, what Wade is trying to say. So today's episode is about zombies. And so I thought I would begin it by giving kind of an intro story. So the first time, I mean, I've always thought a little bit about zombies just because I think it's very prevalent, has always been very prevalent in our culture. And um, it probably coincided with a movie coming out. I'm not sure. But I was sitting in senior level English 
senior English, I guess I shouldn't say senior senior level, but it's both. I was sitting in senior English and I was kind of daydreaming or who knows what, what was going on. But there was a cute girl who sat like a row over and a couple of seats in front of me. And so I was kind of like, I kind of looked over and I was like, hey, you know, I mean, she is, she was a cute girl. And so I kind of like looked down at her shoes. And that's the first time I noticed she had a pair of like, I think they were probably New Balance shoes, but they were tied super tight. Like they're not falling off of her feet, right? They're cinched up. They were double knotted. And um, whenever I saw that, I was like, you know, that is very interesting that she has her shoes tied so tight. Look around the room at other girls' shoes, and they're all wearing, like, cute shoes, like flip-flops or flats or heels. And it was interesting to me. It stood out because the shoes showed, like, a certain practicality. And the thought, I don't know why, but the thought popped into my head, she would do very well in a zombie apocalypse. Right? You know, like in the event of an emergency. She could run. This chick is ready to move, pivot, right? She's not going to be blowing out a flip-flop or losing a flat halfway through a run. So, <laughs> um, so let's see. Um, it was interesting because it kind of, that little thought experiment kind of thrust me into this like prepper mindset, not prepper in the sense that I'm actually going to do anything about it, but prepper mindset in, in like I started to imagine and think like, okay, in the event of a zombie apocalypse, what would I have to have? What would I need? And um, let's see. I'm trying to jump down to my notes real quick. And so it, it was fr- pretty good because I was, uh, my hobbies have always been outdoors which entails a lot of camping, which is, uh, seems like from the popular connotations of zombie apocalypse movies, at least it's very similar to camping. You know, you got to be on the move. You got to be in and out, less populated areas. Anyway, fast forward, uh, to whenever I was on the fire department and I was explaining my thought experiment to illustrate a mindset, like a lifestyle, um, that that I kind of tried to exhibit, tried to foster, which is like, um, you know, more like fitness just being an aspect of your life and being prepared just being an aspect of your life. Anyway, the thought experiment, which is what I was trying to uh, tell, ended up just getting translated into, have you heard Dexter's into zombies? You know, and like... So everybody would always say, like, Dexter's into zombies. So anyway, it goes into whenever Shannon and I first got together. I think it was probably one of the first times you were around the guys. When they said, like, they were like, did you know Dexter's really into zombies? Do you remember that? No, not off the top of my head. I think that's where, like... I've heard, I've heard that, like, third party. Yeah, through Randomly. That. What, so, what, describe it to me, because I don't remember being there, I guess. Well, I'm just saying, like, guys would, guys oh, would, that? yeah, guys would basically say, like, oh, Dexter's really into zombies. I don't know if you've heard this, but he's really into zombies or whatever. Even though that wasn't even the point of the thought experiment. It was more like, um, you know, what, 
what do you not need? Anyway, let me fast forward. I do. I mean, I remember you being into zombies. I thought you were referring to like a particular situation. No, I but just, I did get you a zombie bucket for your first birthday right, when we were together. For the first time we were together, which had an awesome knife that I somehow lost in it. It was a zombie specific knife. Yeah, it was like a zombie. But the only thing I didn't like about it is it had a like neon green handle. So it kind of felt a little toyish, even though it was a very good knife. So it was hard to lose. True. <laughs> But somehow, <laughs> somehow, <laughs> somehow I lost, lost it. So um, the yield from that thought experiment was that you actually need a lot less than you believe that you need. You know, you like, and I actually ended up practically learning this on the Appalachian Trail. Whenever I hiked a portion of the Appalachian Trail with my friends, you end up realizing, man, when it really comes down to my day, it's like some water, some food. A comfortable place to sit occasionally and a spot to get out of the sun you know your day is actually very simple and what you actually really need is pretty narrow granted that's coming from a first world country where i get 30 days to go on a backpacking trip you know so um uh, my second takeaway was what you want usually isn't what you need so um and this goes actually piggybacks on to my third point, which is social met. It puts social metrics in question. So, for instance, you've got a guy who's making uh, Buku's billions of dollars or whatever, but he's got diabetes and he can't run a mile. It's like okay, uh, a guy that has billions of dollars already has a bunker built and would be just fine in the zombie apocalypse. That's true. That's true. We, so we social can- status does like uh, hold in a, an apocalypse somehow. Because I've thought about this. Would Kylie Jenner exist in a zombie apocalypse? Absolutely right? not. Her status would not, but she is prepared. There's no way that someone like that has not prepared for some sort of apocalypse. I guarantee they haven't. Okay, so at this point, I was going to have Shannon give uh, a little bit of historical context, a little historical and pop con. Actually, here, let's check. This will be a good spot to insert my Instagram poll. So... So far, we asked two questions. Uh, one question, the question was, let's see. The question was, what is your favorite zombie depiction? Is there a quick way of seeing? Okay, so uh, we only have two responses so far, and they're both the same. And it's both one that I haven't heard of, but The Battery, the movie The Battery. So... We'll have to look into that, I guess, after this show. Yeah, be good. Um, and then the poll was, uh, are you for a zombie apocalypse? And so far we had four people vote. Three of them said that they were in favor. And one said that he was not in favor of the zombie apocalypse. So 75% said that they were in for the zombie apocalypse. Wade, I think you said you were in. Definitely in. Definitely in. Shannon? It's an interesting... It's a hard hard one. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know on that. Okay. It's hard. So, I don't know. That's probably... (laughs) See, I really had like 700 people see my story, so uh, most people probably felt like that. 700 people saw your story? (laughs) (laughs) You can hope, can't you? Um, So, okay, at this point, go ahead and jump in with the historical and pop culture... Well, okay. 
So the reason I thought zombies was an interesting topic is because it has a rich history. And I don't think most people ever think of that when they're just watching zombies. And not that you have to, but it is interesting, right? So disclaimer, I'm not a historian. So this is just more of a general idea of, or just a general overview of the history, right? But basically, zombies stem back to, like, African myth. Um, That one's enemies could steal your soul and force you to work forever after you're dead, right? So that myth um, really became, um, I'm not sure the word I'm looking for, but it really started taking root in Haiti. So there were like witch doctors. Like codified? Was it codified in Haiti? Yeah, so you just had this myth in Africa, but then in Haiti is where you actually had the voodoo. Mm. And so these witch doctors would concoct potions and whatnot and would basically drug people and then would make them work. So then apparently the story is that later American soldiers saw them and thought they were dead people working in the field or they looked like dead people working in the field. But basically this idea, this idea that they were worried about is that is slavery going to continue even after you die? That's what they were worried about. Yeah. Like, are we just subaltern people that are going to be forced to work even after death? Is there death for us? Like, can we escape slavery or is this all we have? So at that time period, the um, black slaves were worried that if I can't die and escape, I'll never escape slavery, slavery, then I'll be enslaved forever. Yeah. And so it's... First of all, it's like, golly, that's... It's terrible. Oh, it's crazy to think about that people were wishing for death and afraid that they could not achieve death, right? Or any hope for after death. Pretty terrible. Mm. Um, oh, goodness, I just forgot what I was going to go with next. I asked you if you wrote it down. No, I wrote down lots of stuff. <laughs> I just don't remember what was next. Um, but yes, yeah, so it's, it's just interesting that that's where it started, right? And specifically, it had to do with labor. Zombies were workers, which is different than what we see now. So there is like a distinct difference of zombies, um, historical zombies versus contemporary zombies. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until it was brought into America that it became fantasy, right? And more um, brain-eating versus labor. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of an interesting history to it right that it yeah it stretches back a long time zombies do right um and then did you what did you write down oh i just pulled out some quotes it's just um it just talks about let's see so like one is this is a quote pulled from an article. It says, so the zombie apocalypse isn't an outlet for fears, but for fantasies nowadays. Functioning as an escape hatch into a world with higher dramatic stakes, fewer people, and the chance to reinvent oneself for better or for worse. So basically in contemporary zombies, it's almost this really cool thing, right? We can escape and become whatever we want to be. There's a freedom to it, Mm -hmm. which is the exact opposite of what it stemmed from, that there's no freedom. Right. Um, Yeah. Well, and it's it's almost a, 
it's like a, a freedom from mediocrity because thinking um, of let's just go zombie land 28 days later and um, walking dead right and all three of those they have a character who was living a very mundane average life so in zombie land he's a college student uh in 28 days later i want to say he's like a bicycle carrier who gets kicked into a coma like with a bike wreck or something i can't remember exactly but he's a laborer common laborer and then in walking dead i'm thinking more of the example of glenn who uh beforehand he was a pizza delivery guy and now he's this badass can get anything can get in and out of sticky situations and he's kind of a hero so you do have this almost in in today's modern um iteration of it it is very much a you are currently a zombie you know in in this this life this mediocre mundane life and now zombieism is going to like free you from it almost. So that's where I was curious because I was trying to think what would zombies mean for me? Because I think that zombies obviously symbolize something, right? There's a reason that we get really into zombies as a country whenever we have a lot of anxiety about the country, right? Mm -hmm. So what do I think like zombies would represent? And I thought it was interesting that when I was reading an article, someone referred to the Haitian idea, idea, idea of zombies as a cultural memory. That as a society, as a people, this was their memory of slavery. So it's this cultural fear, cultural memory that they have. So when we look at zombies being mindless, is that our cultural memory? Like from factories or from... Yeah. So is this what we're afraid of that we can't escape? Are we seeing a projection of our society in the zombies? Right. And so, of course, what do we want to do? Kill them. Because it's our fears. It's our cultural anxiety. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Wade, what do you think? I honestly haven't thought of it <laughs> in any of that context. Yeah, we, well, we've been, we've been preparing for the show for a couple of days. Um so, what would you say your favorite zombie movie is? Probably World War Z. Yeah, World War Z is a good one. Uh, because of Brad Pitt. Duh. <laughs> I mean, he 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 was a good actor in that. He played a good character. Uh, Shannon, what would you say your favorite one is? It's funny because I'm not actually that big of a zombie person. So if I had to pick, I would say Warm Bodies probably because I yeah. thought it was funny. Do you ever see that one? It's a super. It's a really funny one. It's dumb but funny. Is it like a it's supposed to be like a rom com? Yeah, it with is. a zombie. Yeah. So she. I mean, can you fall in love with a zombie? One like they eat brains, and when they're eating the brains, they have like an experience. They have the experience of the person whose brains they're eating. Mm. So this zombie eats this girl's boyfriend's brain, so he falls in love with the girl. Because he ate the boyfriend's brain who was in love with her. <laughs> and, and so, it like, it's this whole movie of him, like, coming back to life and 
you know, losing his zombiness. But I will say, even in that movie, there was a social commentary. Oh, huge social I mean, commentary. That was definitely there of them talking about people in general as zombies. Well, and that was part of the and reason being on, like, it was cell so phones fun. And you're just mindless. People are just zombies every day. Like, it day, starts right? off with him, like, walking into the the airport and going to the bar at the airport and he's like all zombied out sitting next to somebody else and him and his buddy meet there every day even though they're zombies you know i mean it's just kind of it is a very comical uh comical comical i was gonna say a comical commentary yeah so i would say i'm always torn because i love zombie land because it plays with some really interesting ideas and it actually uh, in a lot of ways, is how most people, everybody who thinks it'd be fun, you know, Zombieland is like the fun version of it. But then I also really like Twenty Eight Days Later. Have you seen that one, or, or Shannon? I haven't seen it either. So it's it's a really good one. He wakes up out of a coma, and it's real scary and dark. Um, it's a more of a a dramatic zombie movie, but very good. Um, anyway, any more cultural relevance? Anything else you want to hit? Are you not necessarily? I mean, I do think it's interesting in culture that it's not just zombies. I think zombies are the most popular um, depiction of undead, right? Mm-hmm. But we do have other monsters, right. mummies, uh, Frankenstein's monster, things like that. Vampires. Vampires. So it is also interesting too that it's 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 not just zombies. Although I like I said, I think they're the most popular. But we also have this fixation well, on it, the undead, which is just interesting. It does play with this um, trope that there are some things worse than dying, which is very contradictory to how most of our society interacts with most of this stuff. You know, like most people do not want to ever imagine that they're going to die. But then, uh, especially in, I mean, almost every zombie movie, you get somebody that gets bit, right? So they're going to turn into a zombie. And what they would prefer is to be be shot and make sure that they don't come back as a zombie. And so it's just interesting that even though they show some sort of semblance of living um, with the erasing of the... Uh, would it be like an independent observer, you know? Like it's brainless, you're mindless, so you might as well be dead. It's just kind of an interesting... I think it's the idea that you don't have peace. I mean... That you're tormented? Yeah, you don't want to be that. And then I guess if you want to get in the um, religious aspect of, okay, if you're a zombie and you are a Christian, do you still go to heaven? So I think... There's layers to this, right? right? Well, see, and I was even thinking of it a little bit like uh, in war times, uh, you end up hating the enemy, even though it's just another guy that's like you. It's completely ideolo- ideological reasons that y'all are fighting. But the worst thing possible would be to become one of them. You know, it's like it would betray the whole point of of the thing. I don't exactly know. I but. think it is interesting, too. Uh, someone that I was reading mentioned it. The idea that zombies are actually just victims. They're not bad guys. Mm. They were victims of whatever apocalypse or whatever thing happened. 
So they're not evil. They're that, mindless. That kind of plays more into the uh, the I am legend uh, zombie trope where you actually – it seems like they are conscious beings. I guess in the book they're a little bit more like vampires and then in the movie they went a little bit more zombie-esque. But there's definitely this uh, moral questioning because I know at least uh, – I think it's more prominent in the book. But – uh, legend the guy will smith's character is actually feared by the zombies because he's kind of a monster to them he's coming into their homes and he's coming into their lives and snatching them out and doing all these experiments on them and stuff so it it um it is interesting just how how there's it's a trope it's a zombie movie it's a genre but there's all these different ways of engaging with it to explore these slightly different, even though it's just still a stupid zombie movie. It's the reason I like this topic because there's so much to explore within it, but so many people basically watch a show about zombies and that is the end of the relationship with that, which is fine. You don't have to go study everything you watch, but it's, I mean, I'm an English major, right? And I feel like whenever I tell people that you can write papers on books, they always say, oh, well, that's stupid. Maybe the author didn't intend anything. Mm -hmm. And it just irks me because there's always symbolism. Right. Well, and it's almost, um, this might make me some enemies in the, uh, in the, in the, uh, in the world, podcast (laughs) world or pop culture world, but like Walking Dead, to me, that's what it was always missing is... It had the it had almost all of the components in place, but it didn't have a super complex um, undertone. It did like, not until it, it tried to later on. But it, it was, was all stupid. over the place. It was all over the place. It was all over the place. They didn't actually have a commentary that they were trying to put forth. Are you saying that you'd have enemies because you didn't think The Walking Dead was very good? Yeah, because I think some people, you know, I mean, and granted, we watched Walking Dead. I watched it. I have always said it was stupid. Yeah, So you I did. may have enemies, but that's fine. It is a dumb show. It that did needs not... to just stick to zombie killing and right. stop trying to get spiritual. Right. I agree. I agree. And so. Wade, have you watched The Walking Dead? I guess I didn't watch it long enough. Oh, I got real stupid. Yeah. Well, I it saw just, Negan. That was the last one I saw. Oh. Yeah, that's actually one of the last ones where Glenn gets his head busted in. Mm. I think the last one, that's the last one we watched. That's the last one I watched because it was actually really brutal. Like it actually kind of uh, stayed with me. It was like kind of something that I was like, I'm not sure I really wanted to see that. But I guess that one does tie into because who was Negan before too? I mean, they just bring nobody. in. But, oh, I mean, back yeah. to what we were talking about. Oh, earlier. yeah, yeah. Well, that's... You can remake yourself into what yeah, you yeah. becomes... good or the bad. Well, and that, yeah. that was the fun part about the show is you, like, Rick comes into this group of people, and it's all these survivors, basically. So they're all from different walks of life, and they all had different backstories. But now they're all forced into a very intimate reliance relationship with each other Well, and even carol she had an abusive husband right Right. and the zombie apocalypse was her escape from it and a new creation of herself Mm -hmm. so i think they play with that with multiple characters of like recreating yourself well and they had like the racists like daryl and his brother were racist again and i can't remember what the 
the black dude's name was. He made it several seasons. You remember what I'm talking about? No, because yeah. I really didn't ever staff. follow them. Do what? The staff? No, no, no. No, this one was... He uh, he was a very minor character. And not I'll, the pastor. No, no. I think he made it to the... Um, he made it to the prison. And then I think he got was killed. Was he friends with there. Rick? Um, no, that's a different... That was a different guy. Oh, that, okay. That's the one with the stick. Yeah. Oh, okay. I can't remember. Anyway, this is probably... It's that's been probably a, while. a pretty boring section because yeah. we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> Uh, but okay, so where were we? So I'll transition into the next. That was still pop culture and historical context. Do you feel like we wrapped that section I mean, up? We could keep talking, we but could do you have something talking. else to say? Well, uh, I was just going to jump into like kind of my next little section, which was uh, why are apocalyptic motifs fun to engage with? So, like, what is what is the aspect of it? Like, for instance, I had uh. One person say, no, I'm out on that, right? I'm out on the zombie apocalypse. Uh, and then, But three people said, bring it on. Like, let's go for it. Let's, you know, that would be better than this. Or that would, even though uh, I'm sure that all the people who say that are living very good lives. I think for me, one of the reasons I'd be tempted by a zombie apocalypse is just to get rid of all the crap that we have. It grates me do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i i <laughs> i guess i'll just be opinionated right and most people know this but like i'm a woman okay but look at the fake hair fake eyelashes fake nails fake everything that people are paying so much money on and it's so stupid and meaningless it's meaningless mm-hmm. it's meaning is only worth what society is telling it it's worth and like uh, a i imagine a big portion of it is just out of boredom it's kind of like excess of money. And well, and it's just kind of like I want to do something. Like I want to, I want to better myself. Like I don't want to just let myself. With go. that being said, I'm friends with many people who partake in those activities, and I am okay with that. Yeah. Don't listen to this and think I will judge you. Maybe right. slightly, but I will still love you. One, well, <laughs> it is. Um, so that was one of the things with COVID that I remember is the. Uh, like no haircuts, so there was like, oh no, what are people gonna do? But I, I don't know if y'all they remember, couldn't get their Botox. That was kind of like a moot. That was like part of the the COVID. There was a point where it was like social media, like people were posting pictures of their hair all crazy, and they're like, oh no haircut. I I look I, I look crazy. I look terrible. But it's like no, you just grew your hair out a little bit like you know but people were making it such a big deal because it was such a break from the norm of getting haircuts every two weeks you know even that's obsessive having a haircut that often but that was just the norm is it not not two weeks maybe six weeks well i know some guys that get haircuts that often because they want to keep it looking tight or whatever yeah there's nothing wrong with that do so do you get us hairy folk Hey, look, I am not judging, okay? But it's out of necessity. I don't really like the back of my hair to well, but see that my back here. Yeah. (laughs) That is bad. Again, I get. And I think it's fine. I I think some of that is fine. But it feels like as a society as a whole, we were partaking in just so many superfluous things. Mm -hmm. It's not even just a haircut. And the amount of clothes that we have, the amount of food that we waste... Right? I mean, it's it's not just one thing. 
It's everything that we consume. And so to me, a zombie apocalypse seems kind of a way to just erase it. Like, let's just get rid of this and get back to the basics, right? Right. That's probably the real fascination with it all. Because people, even though they partake in all that stuff, they're like, I'm so sick of doing this. I'm so sick of doing that. Yeah, that it is a, a freedom. Okay, what mm-hmm. do I... Am I doing this because society is telling me to do this? Am mm-hmm. I getting my hair cut every six weeks because I feel like I have to? Because that is very different than wanting to. Like, feeling like yeah. you have to do something to keep up with society. So, one of the things I have written down, I think this maybe is is a point is a, it's a desire to regress, to regain an equilibrium between our bodies and our minds. So it's kind of one of those things where, you know, I, I, I would postulate or propose that the majority of people right now eat because it's time to eat, not because they're hungry. You know, it, it's, it's more of a, I'm operating based off of what the clock is telling me to do more so than what my body is telling me to do. And so I think some people are even psychologically tell like creating a hunger in themselves because now it's time to eat. Yeah. And if I don't eat now, I might not have an opportunity to eat later or something. You know, it's like an artificial scarcity or something. And I think on top of that, I think of the gym, right? That I go work out at the gym because I want to be fit. But then what am I getting fit for? Literally nothing. I mean, that is my motivation. Like when I'm cycling, (laughs) I'm like, I got to be, I'm not going to be the slowest person in the zombie apocalypse, right? So that, yes, it works. But it's true. I mean, what, what else would I have in this world to actually be fit for? Other than maybe if I participated in other organized events, as if I said, I'm going to sign up and pay money to be in a race. Right. Which is cool. That's fine. But I think it is interesting to think, well, what if I actually had to be fit because my survival depended on it? Right. It's a very different scenario than me just going to the gym and picking up weights. And I think in a little bit, it is more enticing, right? Some people like the gym. I think it's fine, but I don't love it. Right. Well, and I, I think the people who do love the gym, not to, to discount their love for it, but it is uh, in replacement of something different. Like it's, uh, we like to work and to move stuff and to be stronger. And, you know, you want to exude fitness. But there's no outlet for that. But there's no outlet. like Unless it's in a gym setting at least or some sort of. And that's why you have like CrossFit, Spartan races. You have all of these artificial tests of fitness. Because in reality, what? I was just going to say it's almost funny because it's like primitive, which comes back to what zombies seem to be. Yeah. Like reduction. Well, and it and it is kind of this, um, like you said earlier, I, I want to kill the zombies. Well, it's like, okay, well, you can kill the zombies and it's, um, is it amoral? Is amoral? Is that the term I'm looking for? Immoral? No, or like a- amoral. Oh, just like, like neutral? Like, there's, yeah, it, it doesn't say you're a bad person. Because you're killing a zombie, and a zombie is not a person. Yeah. So it's not, you're not murdering somebody. You're, or, or are you just looking for an excuse to murder someone? Do we, Does our society have pent-up rage, and we just feel the need to murder? Well, and I mean, I do think, I mean, if you think about it, the greatest generation, why are they called the greatest generation? Because they were involved in one of the 
largest like battles you know wars which is an interesting with a lot of people dying thought so maybe our society just romanticizes war and so we see the zombie apocalypse as a type of war right and it's it's a war that you can almost imagine because now on at least a like geopolitical stage there is no uh, land battle war there is no world war 2 now because we have tactical nuclear weapons you know you you would never be able to to amass groups of individuals to do some sort of an assault because the second you amass people they could hit you with a bomb from halfway from space really you know they could so now it's almost like the only way to imagine a war like that is with one of the groups being just a mindless horde and then it makes you feel better because they're mindless right so you're not actually killing a person right so then you can fictionalize it in your well, head and, and it's okay there's almost a hope for survival whereas with like if there is a nuclear apocalypse you know nuclear war there's very little hope that we're going to be running from town to town raiding stores in reality we're probably all going to be gone you know or gone very soon after. So it, it's kind of an interesting because it's a zom- it's an apocalypse that is easy to imagine surviving the the threat to a degree. Does that make yeah. sense? I think everyone can at least think that they can survive a zombie apocalypse. Whether or not they actually can you can think that you can, and you may just get lucky and be with a good group that protects you. So you have better chances in a zombie apocalypse than you would in nuclear war or something else. Right. So it's some kind of, of... Some of the people that think they're going to survive the apocalypse are pretty funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like 400 pounds of the bulletproof vest that covers like not even between the nipples. And- yeah. <laughs> It is funny. You see some... That should have been a question on Instagram, is if you think you could survive the zombie apocalypse. Oh, that would have been a good question. Because I wonder if everyone would say, yeah, I could do it. Or, Wait. I mean, I've got young kids. I'd probably be out. They'd be oh, out. Oh, yeah. No, it'd be very difficult. No, you just leave them. <laughs> it's just like, hey, I'm going to need you to cry so I can get away. Oh, my goodness. Stop <laughs> that. Love you. <laughs> see you Stop. later. That is terrible. It is terrible. I do not condone this. No, um, but the, but you know what I'm saying. It's it's a it's an apocalypse at least, which Carl survived in it. You know, yeah. The Walking Dead. Carl, Carl, Carl. That dude's accent was terrible. He's they, an Australian. All their accents were terrible. Yeah, Glenn, Glenn, Glenn. I love you, Glenn. <laughs> oh gosh. I enjoyed watching the show just to listen to her accent, to Maggie's accent. Yes, and. Okay, so uh, to jump back, I do feel like a bit of the apoc- the zombie apocalypse or the apocalypse motif being fun is a little bit of a fetish fetishizing. Help me with the word here. Fetishizing. Fetishizing. Yeah. Fetishizing like third world living, right? A lot of these people... There are a lot of people who live um, – so, for instance, there's like this – I guess it was season three of The Walking Dead where they end up at that prison. And they're basically trying to create like a little commune farming community. 
And it's just funny because they're like having all these troubles and trying to get this farm going and dealing with this horde of zombies. Uh, But that is currently happening, not necessarily with the zombies, but with some other sort of social pressure. People are being forced to live with bare minimums in multiple places around the world. And it's not romantic and it's not fun. Right. But for some reason... Whenever you're in like a first world country or you're in like the, a modern quote unquote life situation, it's fun to imagine like, oh, maybe oh, if I was in the zombie apocalypse, then I would learn how to garden. I can't garden now. But right? don't worry. I've got the grocery but store. I just Uber, don't have, I don't have not the time Uber, the for food, it. The food. What's the Uber delivery? Uber Eats. Uber Eats. Can't remember. I don't ever right. use it. <laughs> Do so we even it's, have it anymore? It's kind of one of those things too, like. Oh, yeah, if uh, the zombie apocalypse hit, I would just hunt for all my food. And I, I've never gut a deer or skinned a deer or quartered a deer out, you know. But I just, in my mind, I'm like, oh, I'd be able to do that. You know, even though it's like a skill. Oh, it's how a, fun. Yeah it's, yeah, it's something that actually takes a lot of work. And you have to be very careful and very intentional about meat handling and preparation and uh the slaughter of an animal but we're just like no yeah it'd be fine if we had a zombie apocalypse then i'd be able to do all these things that i don't have time for now and it makes me think of the tiny house movement i've thought of that before which is cool i think the tiny house movement is cool but it's the idea that oh can you actually live without all your stuff could you live in this tiny home when in reality, yeah, people all over the world live in tiny homes mm-hmm. and they're just fine. You know, like we don't need big houses, but we look at it like it's a, uh, well, even with the tiny homes, they can be expensive. So you're paying a lot of money to live in a minimal lifestyle. Right. But you're, you're buying this luxury minimal lifestyle, not survival minimal lifestyle right right it is funny when you like come across like a real prepper because it seems like 90 percent of their stuff is just bare plywood like you'll just see like walls in their house and it's just plywood wall you know i mean like it's like that's what it really comes down to when you're a real prepper you know you're not nothing looks pretty everything's just functioning and i even think of food right the amount of food options that we have nowadays like you were talking about we have we can eat different food every single night Mm -hmm. oh i'm tired of eating the same thing let's go somewhere else but even i mean throughout history people ate the same thing over and over again well they'd eat it all summer and then in the fall they'd can everything that they could and to eat it through the winter you had little variety yeah literally all year they were eating one crop but yeah i mean then i actually think of that like man what i what food would i actually want to live on forever right steak Steak. man i actually think i'd keep it simple with beans and rice and if i could have cheese on there that would be amazing beans rice and cheese i could eat that every day i could probably eat i feel like i could probably eat meat every day like just a steak like i probably it depends on how it's cooked though do you know what i mean like if someone was cooking my steak medium rare with seasoning on it i could eat a steak every day that's true but if i'm just eating a plain steak with no salt and pepper no. Oh, still delicious. <laughs> I, I mean, still, it's still probably I would still okay. Be, I'd still be in. So, um, 
Just less delicious. So an, another thing that I thought was interesting was like uh, the fun thing about the zombie apocalypse is that it's morality meets needs. So for instance, there is uh, presumably an imagination, like you can imagine a situation where you're like, I would have to kill somebody that's living, not just kill zombies. You can imagine a situation where now something that is currently not moral to do, but now I'm in a survival situation. So you're talking about where you'd have to kill another person? Like morality becomes relative, kind of. Because you, if someone's going to come steal all of your food and stuff and leave you alone, is it okay to kill them? Right. For your own survival right. or your kid's survival or your community's survival? Exactly. It kind of... It creates this um, different moral landscape that you can then kind of engage with and play with and imagine yourself in, kind of. Like the trolley problem in philosophy, which, which is basically it just uh, philosophizes, you know, or like asks the question whose life is more important? Is a life more important or does quantity matter? Like, is one life more important than ten lives or right. vice it's versa? Kind of the, it's like the AI question. It's just, yeah, it's just asking, like, where, how do we um, compare these things? Can we? Have, have you heard of the AI? Like, the AI. Mm. So, it's like, um, you could, like, whenever you're designing an AI, an artificial intelligent system, there's a chance that that, system is going to eventually have two bad choices to make so it's going to say okay either i run over this little boy right i don't have enough time to stop but i either run over this little boy or i veer into a crowded market that's and the trolley problem that is uh, the yeah trolley it problem. is the okay. yeah so the the question is how do you program an ai to be able to make a differentiation or would it just mow over the little kid? Because that's the quote-unquote right decision to make. So it's it's very fearful. A lot of people's fears of AI stem from this. Is how can you um, qualify morality? Yeah, or even like... Uh... Yeah, yeah, I think that's you know I, that that's a that's a clumsy say way of saying to it, like but. worthiness. Who is worthy to live and who's not, in a way? In the zombie and, apocalypse, is it purely survival? So or f survival of the fittest? Right. Is it only who whoever can live lives? The mm -hmm. end. There is no moral question to it. Um, or should there be morality involved? Right. <coughs> and so that's that's kind of the. Um, one <laughs> of the aspects that I think is, is fun of this whole game is you, you start to, uh, try to decide who you would kill. Well, also <laughs> yeah, try to decide how you would decide who you, who you I would think kill. What does a life mean? Right. It is interesting to ponder that. And are we all on the same side in this thing? Like, is the is the uniting factor that we're humans still and that we're trying to progress humanity and trying to keep humanity on the track no, or it's is it strictly survival but see that but then at I what point does survival cease to be the only um factor involved right so after the zombie apocalypse there is a point where people then form communities right yeah 
then at what point is survival no longer the only playing well, and, factor? And, and why is that not our primary thing now? Right? So like the, it's a the lack number of preparation. Well, like the number one thing that's gonna kill or like what we have the highest likelihood of dying from is heart disease. Right? And there's very distinct things that can elevate your chances or diminish your chances. But McDonald's still has a line around the block. Chick-fil-A still has a line around the block. Well that's we know food, so well, but see we know we know that there is a possibility that something could be could impact our ability to survive. But so, right now, since it's not pressing on us, we ignore it and pretend like it doesn't exist or it's not a real thing. So maybe survival of the fittest doesn't come into play or can't come into play into our society because most people could not survive. Well, and, and almost the way you survive in the society is almost by 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 not being fit for a zombie apocalypse, but being fit for like a modern apocalypse. Yeah, that's what was, well, I was going to say like in our society, if you are doing well, you just have to be good at business or a skill or something, good at your job. Mm -hmm. That is survival. Moving in, stocks around. I mean, that's how rich people get rich, right? Mm -hmm. So if you can do that, you're surviving. It has nothing to do with growing food and hunting and well, finding and see, water. So, so to uh, to take a, a slight aside, this is in the same vein, but it's a slight aside. To your point earlier, Wade. Um, so hunter gatherer tribes. Uh, you could argue that Comanches living on the high plains were in a sort of a zombie apocalypse to to speak. You know, like. They, uh, there was a chance that you would come across a horde of individuals that would decide to murder you, you know? I mean, that was a, that was a reality of just um, ancient life uh, for a lot of times, you know? But so hunter-gatherers, uh, there was, there's a saying, and I'm not sure where this comes from. Hope maybe somebody can Google it and, and find out, you know, if it's even really a quote. But one of the things that hunter-gatherers used to say is the best place to store food is in your friend's stomach. So if if I shot a buffalo, either the buffalo is going to go bad before I can eat it. There's no refrigeration. There's no way of, of keeping this thing. So the only way I can store the value, the only way that I can keep it with me or benefit from it later is if Wait if you eat it, right? Because then eventually you're going to kill a buffalo and you're going to say, well, Dexter hooked me up with buffalo when he had some buffalo. And now I have some buffalo, so I'll hook Dexter up, right? It's a, it's a um, system of reciprocity. It's a system that maintains this moral uh, system, this code that actually helps ensure that food doesn't get wasted, and you need that because at some point in time, you'll need someone else to feed you. Right, right. So you're creating allies and creating community and everyone's helping everyone, which is what has to be done to survive. Right. And so like even in a zombie apocalypse, when you start to imagine coming across a, a different group or a rogue group, right? At this point, 
uh, in our hypothetical zombie apocalypse situation, uh, you come across like in a in Zombie Land, right? There's these rogue individuals who, based off of it seems like antisocial um, tendencies, have uh, isolated themselves before the zombie apocalypse happened. So when it happens, they they're not tied down to anything. They can move really quickly. They're really versatile, you know, and so they end up surviving. So you end up with all of humanity. The only aspects that survive are the ones that weren't connected to the system beforehand. Does that make sense? To the system? Because I do think to survive, you would have to be connected to people. I don't think you'd make it very far into a zombie apocalypse alone. That's my thought. I agree with that, but I think back to the whole Comanche thing, the best, you know, stored in your friend's stomach. But we live in such a excess society, nobody thinks in that we context. We don't have to worry about yeah, it. Yeah, nobody thinks in that context They anymore. can go so feed themselves. Not, I, have, kind I of. need to help somebody else to get something out of it. It's like, oh, he has some stuff that I want. You know, yeah. I either take it or kill him because I, I won't need him later. I, once I have his stuff, I don't need him. So I think the whole communal society... We don't live in a communal society. That's why in all of, you know, like even The Walking Dead, like there were a few group of friends and they didn't go to a communal society until way late, you know, season two, season three, because they didn't, they didn't have to do it or they didn't have that mindset. Yeah. It, it is, um, it is a fun kind of place to bounce around and to imagine with because what what I like to think is say okay what if we are currently in the zombie apocalypse right like what we are if, zombies is that I what mean, you mean largely yes like what if a large amount of our consumerism and our materialism and our um uh, alienating practices I think that hoarding wealth actually causes you to alienate yourself in in a certain degree um because it does start to become more of your primary focus what well i just had a thought about how similar zombies are to robots which is another interesting mm. phenomenon like sci-fi right so we've all these movies about robots taking over we have to kill the robots right right so it's just, again, another representation of a maybe unconscious being. What do we think of robots being conscious, you know, but mm -hmm. that might rise up and take over and, and we have to escape free yourselves from that. Right. But then it makes me go back to like Westworld, which just isn't giving anything away. But I mean, robots are in loops, right? Which even right. in Westworld, they play on the idea of that humans also live on loops are we really that different from robots we wake up we do the same day over and over and over again right right or are we really that um do we really have that much freedom of choice yeah or are you choosing to wake up and do the same thing over and over again or do you have to right it kind of it, it are gave, you programmed to right it kind of draws into question uh the or the it puts into question the free will what is yeah. free will? How do you exercise free will? How are you sure that you are 
I think also even just lesser than free will, just freedom of choice. Uh, not not free will um, from like a spiritual standpoint, but just from a societal standpoint. Right, right, right. That's what I was Are meaning. you free to make your decisions that you want to make? Well, and it's, it's curious, too, because you started with the historical context, which is it, the zombie was a slave. The zombies were are the, the people who were the most f- afraid of their be, reality becoming a zombie yeah. was that it would be a perpetuation of their current zombie state of not having any choices of being <clears throat> being told what to do and told when to do it and all of that stuff. So that is, uh, that is which a, is what I said kind of at the beginning, right? That that is what I think the zombies represent to us contemporary zombies mean that they are a representation of our society and our anxieties about our society. Well, it's kind of interesting. I've never really thought of office space, the movie as a zombie movie, but it is kind of this guy hates his mundane existence and then he wakes up and rebels from it. And the way he rebels from it is by doing almost every single social faux pas that you can do like he starts to show up late to work and starts to you know not um take his life serious and that's a way of rebelling from his mundane existence of, yeah of being a zombie of being born into well, a I think, a fight club yeah no exactly yeah very much good fight. good tie-in yeah the reddit book club book of so read fight club of the right now but i was thinking too so in my class, in all of my classes at Tech, I always have other students with me that are from varying countries all over the world, right? It's usually a pretty diverse class. And it's interesting because one of the guys from a different country remarked about Americans and how we get to be mindless, mm. right? We don't know anything. <laughs> I mean, there are many, many people who don't follow the news, don't keep up with... No- I mean, couldn't even pick out a country on a map, right? Right. They just don't That's think. that, like, Jay Leno thing, right? Where yeah. Like, Jaywalking. Yeah, jaywalking or whatever. It's Have you just, seen that? Mm-hmm. He just goes and asks random people questions on the street, and he'll say, like, what's the capital of, oh. you know, Nevada or something, you know? Or he'll, or just, he'll ask history questions or things like that, and people don't know the answers to it, right? It's just showing... I mean, it is showing how stupid people can be. Mm-hmm. But this guy was saying, like, other people don't get that. We have to know what's going on in the world. We have to know what's going on in America. Like, we have to be very aware of of just what's happening because it affects us. Um, it, I mean, it has big, big effects on us. Whereas here we don't have to think of it. it. I don't have to worry about where my food comes from or things like that. Right. I think if anything, Oh, avocados might get pricier. Right. You kind oh, no. of peripherally hear about how the stock market is either up or down. You know, and you're like, oh, we're doing good. Or, but there or the are people out there who actually are really affected when, when big moves happen. Right. Right. And so he was just talking about how Americans get to be mindless. They don't mm. have to keep up with knowledge in the same way that other people have to. Yeah. And that's not to say that I'm not saying Americans are stupid. We there, are. I mean, there's, there are smart Americans, but there's also many, many Americans who don't think. 
Yes. And that's a luxury. That is a luxury. You don't have to think and you still get fed every day. You still have a roof over your head. Which is almost like zombies. Like zombies don't have to think. They just wander around until they come across something to eat. And then they eat it and consume it until they're done. And then they move move on on. to something else. And they just walk aimlessly until they come across something that they can consume. You know, it, it is kind of this, the trope of the mindless consumer that just... Okay. Has to be buying something. Yeah, there's there's something new for sale, and that, I love the uh, current, I guess, fashion cycle, because it goes so quickly, and a lot of them look very ridiculous. You know, like a lot of the the fashion cycles that are currently happening, you see them, and you're like, this girl is dressing like girls in the '90s. And I used to make fun of girls that dress like that in the 90s. Hey, I'm actually here for these fashions right now. Oh, I, I like them. Yeah, no, I I agree. And I, I do not say that about all the fashions. I'm just saying it's funny to see how quickly they, they oh, rotate they go through. so fast. And how somehow that like gives you happiness to be fashionable, fashionably appealing or whatever. Yeah. I don't exactly know. I saw someone comment one time. They were like, is that even fashion, though, when it's literally what's everywhere? Every single person. You, all you have to do is wear what is on the mannequin. You're not fashionable. Like that is nothing to do with you being fashionable. You right. just have eyeballs. Right. You're or or money. Yeah. Like literally, you just walk in and you can buy what's on the mannequin. Like yeah. You, yeah. Like you said, and it it is almost this like false uh, individuality. Like you almost think that you're achieving something, when in reality you're just buying into what you're being told and presented. Yeah. So, which goes back to the freedom of choice, you know? Are you choosing those clothes? Or, or are they being chosen for you? And, and you're that, just accepting it. Right. So I guess uh, in oh, some... It just goes back to Westworld. Everyone go watch Westworld. Yeah, Westworld was great. You haven't seen Westworld? I think I've seen one or two episodes, but... You got to stick with it. Um, oh, season one is phenomenal. Season one is really good. I think it's the it's definitely the best season. Season one is, but you do have to like kind of you got to give it some time to breathe, because it. I think it takes. I I kind of remember that it took a minute to really kind of understand. I don't know. I think I was into it. I mean, I think quickly. I was into it too. But it it does take a little bit of time to build the story. And it's got Anthony Hopkins. True. I mean, he's great. He was great. And I really like his character in that. I think that's um, probably one of the... We probably need to put a little bit more analysis into that character. Watch it again with that character focused on. Because he was... Anyway. What? I wrote a 20-page paper on this, okay? (laughs) I have thought about it. Was that with with Anthony Hopkins' character? Who was his character's name? Well, so I did... His name is Ford. Oh, yeah, Dr. Ford. So I did discuss... Um, for the automobiles, right. factories, and right. the Marxism, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's what it was. So, pretty interesting. Okay, um, Wade, any closing thoughts? Not a whole lot, no. <laughs> nothing, nothing <laughs> Very at zombie-esque all. at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a fun topic, and I think that that's the like, part of the reason that I always enjoyed it so much whenever, especially early 20s, when you're starting to imagine the directions that your life could go 
the vast amounts of directions that your life can go, it is kind of fun to focus in and try to limit the possible um, outcomes. And you always have to have some sort of a metric or a lens to view those things through or to like a filter to keep things from getting through into who you end up being as an adult. So you use a zombie apocalypse filter? Well, I think especially the young 20-year-old me was ready for the zombie apocalypse, <laughs> right? I was single, didn't have any kids. Uh, I had a great job, but it's not like um, – it's not like I was making a million dollars a year or something where I was like being ridiculously compensated for for the job I was doing, you know. So it was kind of like, you know what? I mean, now would be a good time for an apartment. Yeah, you know, like I mean, if it happened, I'm in good shape. I'm I'm kind of ready. I've got some useful skills. I'm connected in with a group of dudes, and uh, now I mean, paramedic. You know, you would know how to help people. Yeah, it'd be but very see, useful. Now, now I have. You don't help people. Yeah. <laughs> Just yourself. Just yourself. Uh, he could be taken babe. into a community because he has a valuable skill. Ooh, you're, I'd be like you're the, a so doctor. I'd be like point. the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. So are they going to kill a doctor? Uh, Just no. Wear a Red Cross. Yeah. Yeah, that'd keep me safe. Yeah. But see, now I have a wife and kids, and honestly, in this world, I I do have a little bit more accumulated. You know, I have a little bit more. Uh, not a lot, you know, not relatively, I guess a lot, but, um, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm less into it now than I was then. Like now I have thoughts like, man, I wonder if ski resorts would be open in a zombie apocalypse, you know, like, would you, you be have able to, to hike to the top? Would you be able to go skiing? You know, cause skiing is amazing. Like having zombies as you're going down, having a lift running, you know, is amazing. Like, so there's a whole lot of things that would go away that I think a lot of people possibly don't imagine. You know, that's the reason I said, Oh, 50, 50. I yeah. see, <clears throat> I see reasons why I think it could benefit society. To have, I mean, that sounds terrible, maybe, but I see the good side. There's no good way of wording that. I see why I am um, interested in the zombie apocalypse, but then I also like my house. I like my community. I like my friends. I don't want my friends to die. Right. I mean, we're not all going to make it. So do I really want that? I mean, it wouldn't be an apocalypse if everybody made it. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> you know? Then it would just kind of be like a bad day, I guess. <laughs> or an average day. It's like, well, the average amount of people died today and <coughs> sorry. Reanimated so themselves. Tomorrow. Yeah. I do like the uh the end of like Shaun of the Dead whenever he has his buddy um like chained up and he keeps playing video games with him. Have you all seen that? Yeah. And so he like keeps his buddy as a zombie pet, you know, you just like make sure it doesn't bite you. It's like a dog. You yeah. Know? He talks to it. Feeds yeah. it. He brings up food every day and, <laughs> and he goes and hangs out with him in the shed behind the house. Well, okay. <laughs> Sounds hilarious. Yeah. It was funny. Shaun of the dead is a great one. Um, all right. So wrap up, you got anything to, to close out with or any thoughts? I think my only takeaway thought or takeaway uh, last comment is just that conversations like this about zombies happen with literally or can happen with literally any topic. 
right? Right. Everything has a history. Most things that you're watching do have some sort of symbolism or meaning behind them. So just start paying attention to those and thinking about them. And trying to apply them. You know, like, that is one of art's abilities is to uh, genuinely impact the way that you view your reality. So, okay. That's my last comment. Last comment. Well, I uh, really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, Please engage with us on Reddit. Share wherever you share stuff and publicly like these things yeah publicly like these things if you if you've made it to this point if you've made it to this point um you could also tell a friend or leave a review on whatever listening app you listen to uh these there's a lot of different ways you know wade uh, is not wanting us to get sponsors so the only way that we can make this thing work is if people start engaging without sponsors. If you don't want any commercials, then yeah, you then, gotta like our then stuff. Like our stuff. Um, but yeah, just uh, just engage with us if you uh, if you get an opportunity, if you want to. Um, uh, we're gonna continue to get better. I think this show went uh, smoother than the first show. I think we're getting smoother. Yeah, just so, figuring it out. I'm sure there's still gonna be a lot of editing that I have to do, but that's part of the that's the name of the game so uh anyway uh like i said we'll uh, keep you all updated we're going to try to release these every two weeks so right now we're on schedule to to currently release one every two weeks so also jump over onto my website i should be after this post sometime i'll be sharing a short story that i wrote recently and i hope you read it and uh let me know what you think So anyway, uh, until next time, thank you for listening, and uh, peace out. Goodbye.